You are listening to the Cattle Call Podcast. This is the place where computer-aided design and drafting meets humor and practicality, with a touch of business acumen thrown in for fun. Jim and Rocco, the owners of Zentech Consultants, the premier U.S. technology consulting firm for architecture, engineering, construction, and manufacturing, discuss the fascinating world of CAD with some humor and some honesty. The Cattle Call Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cattle Call Podcast with Jim and Rocco. Ooh, we got a cowbell today. Tony brought a special cowbell. We got a guest who brought a cowbell for us. That's awesome. <laughs> so I am Jim Coppinger, and with me as always is my partner. Good morning, Rocco Parisi. Good morning, Rocco Parisi. We have a special guest with us today. We have Mr. Tony Gaffney, who has uh, been kind enough to agree to, to sit and, and, and chat with us today. Tony's a, a veteran CAD consultant and a designer and an instructor. I've uh, been doing this stuff for many, many decades, and you know he's currently... Uh, teaching at the, you know, the, the, he's the AutoCAD and AutoCAD Civil 3D instructor at Workforce Development and Community Partnerships for the County College of Morris, along with a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm going to let him tell you about. How you doing this morning, Tony? Doing all right, Jim. Good to hear you. Good to, good to talk to you. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, um, it definitely has. You just, yeah, you just said, you just said a scary word. You said decades, and I realized, <laughs> oh my God, it has been decades. Listen, you're um, still younger than me, man. Don't sweat it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I feel that way. But uh, Rocco can attest to it. I, Rocco, we, I go way back with Rocco. Um, oh, yeah. Early early yeah. 2000s. Oh, my God, Rocco. It's been over two decades. It's crazy. It is something, yeah. huh? Time goes really, really quick. So, Tony, why don't, you, why don't you feed people a little bit about your background? What did you get into the CAD world, and, and what have you been doing for the uh, these decades we're discussing? Well, I, you know. <laughs> Back in the you know the dinosaur days we just talked about you know starting to get into AutoCAD I don't know I just I just gravitated to it right away I guess I'm a bit of a computer nerd and I jumped all over it and um, I took you know way back in the early days I took a pretty much an intensive program to learn it inside and out and right from the get go um, I realized that when I started working that I knew more about the software than pretty much you know my employers did. Uh, so then I realized, okay, and I, immediately I became the go-to guy. Hey, that guy, he knows, Go, he got a problem, go ask him. You know, you, you're trying to figure something out, go ask him. So I realized, okay, there's there's a niche here. So um, I started in, uh, training right away, too, because I realized, and, you know, I always tell my students this, too, and you guys can attest to it, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So I, I, one of the reasons I started training right away is to keep knowledge going. And then I hooked up with Pinnacle Consulting, and again, it's been decades, and um, that's been great because you know it's a wide variety of clients. Um, you know, a lot of environmental, definitely civil, which is my bent, but we have architectural and structural, and so you get exposed to a lot of different things, which is great because you know working in one discipline, you learn to use the software, you learn tools that you can apply to other disciplines. And you really get an overview of uh, what you're capable of, what the software can do, and developing tools, and and you know, and you add that to your you know tool set. You add it to your instruction. Um, you know, when I'm teaching, I try to bring in actually I do bring in real world situations. Try to give the students like, look, this is this is what you're gonna see when you get out there. So something that you can relate to in a real world environment. That's funny, you know, it always makes me laugh. I mean, every time I have this conversation, you know, folks like you, you know, you and I, 
who kind of move into the more advanced section is where we all started the same way, right? It, it all started with, hey, I sat down in front of a system and it just clicked for me and I and I liked yeah. it. And the next thing yeah. you know, I'm that go-to guy and I've just been doing it ever since. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I've never met yeah. anybody who was like, oh, well, you know, I decided that I wanted to do this and, and this <laughs> it doesn't work like that in this world. No, I guess it kind of decides for you. It does. It does, right? It chooses you. So yeah. cool. That's awesome, man. So yeah, we really appreciate your being here today. Like I said, folks, I've, I've I've actually been in Tony's classes in the past, and we worked together in the past. And I'm telling you, you you, you got a great guest here today. He's one of the most talented and skilled uh, drafter designers out there. So, and what we're going to be talking with uh, Tony about today, we're going to be talking about contract CAD drafting, right? Where it works and where it doesn't, because this is this is an area that Tony has been working in for a while. I'll stop I'll stop saying decades so we don't feel bad, Tony. <laughs> so. All right, so yeah, so so we're talking about contract drafting in the CAD world, right? Which is, you know, basically it's it's uh, the act of hiring outside consultants to handle your drafting needs, right? Uh, you know, whether it's overflow work or you know, as a lot of people are doing today, um, you know, with the the current environment, right? Pulling on a full time consultant that you can work with to handle all of your CAD needs, um, and and you know, this has actually been a really uh, controversial issue over the last few decades. I mean, you know, really since. You know, CAD first took over the design world, and, and Tony and I got into this stuff. Um, and there are really there there are two schools of thought about contracting out your CAD work. Um, you know, there are some folks who absolutely love it, and they see you know the ability to add as many hands as you might need to a project, right? What you know, without had, needing it to go out and hire full time support, large staffs, benefits, paydays, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that you might not always need, right? You only need this, you know, to, to hit limited time runs when you got a, a big project pushing. They see that as a big, big benefit. Um, and, and there are other people who are very resistant or have been in the past very resistant to the idea of losing control, so to speak, of, the, of their design staff, right? And, and, and they don't want people who may or may not understand their specific CAD standards and design processes working on their files. Um, and and that's, that's why we've asked Tony to be here today, right? Uh, he's got a lot of experience in working as a CAD contractor. Um, and he's seen, you know, both the positives and the negatives of this. So I think he can give us a pretty fair assessment of, of both sides. So, so Tony, let, let's start with the positive side of this, right? What yes. are the biggest benefits that your clients, uh, you know, get from using you guys as a CAD consultant? And, and do they know that up front or do you, do you need to convince them that there are benefits to this? No, some know it up front because they know us. Um, a lot of times what you'll have is we'll have a client. And this might answer one of your questions later on about how do we get, you know, how do we get found out, but we'll have a client and then someone in that office moves to another firm and they get to the other firm and they go, uh, yeah, the CAD situation over here is, is kind of lacking. I know these guys, can I bring them in? So in that situation, they know what they're getting. Other times, no, they don't know what they're getting. And it's, and we can't really prove to them until we get in there. Sometimes it's, it's just like, guys, just give us a day. Let us come in for a day and then you will see what we can do and how we can help you out. And that leads to probably the biggest uh, positive to to work on, stay on the positive part is productivity. You know, because we understand the environment, we understand the client, we understand the program, first off, you know, know, being experts at it and all that. So we can come in and we we can be productive right away. Right away, they see results. You'll, you'll have, you know, an engineer, they give you a little assignment, can you know, do this? Or, Jim, even something as red lines, here, here's a bunch of red lines. And then 
you just bang it out and you get right back to them. And when they see that there's very little revisions, then the light bulb goes off and then they realize, oh, you know, can you be here next week? So that's kind of how it, how it, that's how it unfolds. But it really, you make a good point. It's hard to convince, I guess use the word convince, um, and so they have to see it like anything else. They won't believe it till they see it because sometimes they've used some outside sources that were not good. Maybe it's like a one-off guy working out of his basement, although we're all working out of our basements now. Yeah, but, and, <laughs> that's a fact. Bad, yeah, maybe they've had some bad experiences. But once we get in there and we show them, look, it's, this can work, um, then it it's then you end up getting a relationship with these clients. And, you know, they call you when they need you and if things you know, get slow, then, you know, you back off, but they, you, you want them to know that you are a resource. We are here for you whenever you need us. We can come in, jump in, get to work, get the work done, and then we'll jump out when you don't need us. We're like a context-sensitive ribbon tab. Nice, you nice know. analogy, right? They just yeah. click on you and everything you need is right there. Right. And then when you're done, we go away and there's no, you know, for us, there's, you know, you mentioned it, there's no overhead. You don't have to worry about hiring. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, health insurance and things like that. We just come in, hire gun, as they say. And that works. And I say, I mean, you think, you know, the, the cost savings, I think, related here is, is always going to yeah. be a real big plus for anybody who decides to go with, with CAD drafting services. You know, like you pointed out, right? You don't need to keep a full-time staff, right? You don't have to give them paid holidays and benefits. You know, you just contact, you contract at that work as needed, right? Um, You know, and a lot of times, actually, I've I've seen and worked with countries where they can just pass the the cost directly along to to their client, right? The architect engine can pass it along to to the owner of the the project. Um, You know, but I I think that the fear of this, though, it's still present in Mm -hmm. the industry, um, and I think it's not not completely unfounded, right? Like we said earlier, I, I, I'm an old man. Um, I've been working in this industry for three decades, <laughs> at least. Um, and, and I remember when when CAD first hit mainstream, right? You know, CAD drafting services were all the rage at first, right? You know, because for a while, you know, CAD systems were still really new. They were really expensive, right? Guys like you and I were just figuring out the nuts and bolts, and, and it required extensive hardware investments and a lot of training for the staff. And, and for a lot of, of design firms, right, just contracting things out seemed like a better business choice. Um, and I think that worked really well for a decade or so. But I think that, that two things really happened. Uh, you know, first, you know, the hardware and the software prices as, as CAD and, and, and you know, uh, PCs came into their, their maturity. The, the prices related to all of this dropped dramatically. Right, and it, and it made you know in-house use of, of you know CAD staff much more feasible and much more cost-effective. So I think that impacted it. But I think secondly, and and, and probably more importantly to most people's minds, um, greed, <laughs> greed really <laughs> entered this picture. Right, there were a lot of those early drafting services who just started passing their work overseas to massive oh CAD centers. Right, you know, kind of like they do the the, the phone centers now for for tech support that we all hate. Um, you know, and they did the same thing in the CAD world. It's still go, it's still going on. Yeah, uh, it, it's awful, right? I know they're still out there, but you know, they, I think this is what really hurt this industry. You know, th- those people are underpaid, they're poorly trained. You know, um, and and I think that there was a real big pushback 
in, in, in the CAD and design world because, you know, the product that they were getting back from these, you know, what I call digital sweatshops uh, was really substandard, right? And, and they wound up actually spending twice as much time fixing the, the garbage drawings they got back as they would have just doing the work in-house. Um, you know, and I, and I don't think that, you know, and, and, and you're absolutely right, Tony, it's still there, but I don't think that these are as prevalent as they used to be. You know, I think a lot of those places have died out unless you, know, you tell me otherwise. You, you're the expert here. Um, you know, but I think that there are, you know, there's a leftover fear about using a, a drafting service like Pinnacle, right, which is an entirely different beast. You guys are amazing. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with you guys a lot in the past. So, you know, so, so, so Tony, what, do you, what then, you know, looking at that, right, there is a negative here. What are the big negatives? that your clients see in working with, you know, uh, contract CAD guys like you. And and are those concerns real? What you said is legit. It, they're real. And I can think of a couple of situations currently where things are being sent overseas, for lack of a better term. Uh, and you make a very good point uh, about the, you know, the quality, let's say that. Um, I think the negative part of it is is in the upper, you know, the people making the decisions. This is where I find is, is the most resistance. The people, you know, the bean counters, as we like to call them, they will look at, you know, the spreadsheet and they'll see this drafting service and they'll immediately, why can't we do that in-house? This is an expense and we're not going to use this expense. We're not going to use this service. The biggest thing is trying to explain and to show them how it's cost effective, how we can, you know, quantify the service that we provide. And uh, that's always the hardest issue. And that's the negative side of it is sometimes you get people who just do not buy into it. And unfortunately, the people who don't buy into it are usually the ones writing the check. The end users, they buy into it. You know, when you're working with the staff, they're, you know, they see what we can do. They're all into it. Uh, another negative side of it is sometimes you might have a situation where well, this guy's going to come in and take my job. And that's exactly nothing like the case. We do not come in to do any of that. We're coming in to help out. So you might get into an environment and in a certain office that might be somewhat, you know, a little toxic with the office environment and you might end up ruffling some feathers. So that can, sometimes could be a negative thing that happens. But a lot of that, Jim, is just people's work attitude, I guess you could say. It's just, come on, let's look at the big picture. What are we trying to do here? We're not coming in to overtake your department. We're coming in to help out. And the places that it does work, they see that and then we can develop the relationship and then we can, you know, can not just do straight up drafting and get the production work done, but then this will lead to, you know, CAD customizations and consulting and configurations and standards which is always a big deal because a lot of these places, um, not to say they don't have standards, but you know, there's a, they can always use a little bit of work. But if you get into a situation where people, people don't understand that, now you're into that negative thing you're talking about. And, and now it's, and it's, 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 um, it's a roadblock. It's a, it doesn't benefit anybody. Having that negative attitude on any level is just, it's just, it, what are we doing? We're trying to get work done here and counterproductive. Oh, it's totally counterproductive. Thank you, Rob. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you want to, like you said, you know, at the end of the day, you guys are a backstop, right? You know, they're, they're, you always need in-house staff. That's not going to go away and, and being afraid of someone who's just there to help take the load off. And I think your point's a really valid one, Tony, that, you know, the people who are doing the work, who are actually handling the projects, 
they see the massive benefit that you bring to the table. It's it's the accountant nine times removed in the corporate office who has no idea what actually goes into a project. You know, he's just looking at numbers, saying, "Well, there's an additional cost." Well, no, there's a huge savings and benefit that goes along with that. So, right. And listen to their to their credit. You know, I don't know what they're looking at. Who knows what the company's you know books are? So they they they're seeing a side of it that obviously I don't see. I can only speak to my perspective. Um, but you know, to my perspective, I'll get into, I'll come to a client and you know the end user. Oh my God, you're here today. Can you help me with this? Um, my computer's doing this. Can my AutoCAD's getting goofy? And then the other side of it's like, okay, well, no, don't come in until we tell you, you know, because you know we have a budget issue or something like that. So I think the key, Jim, is being able to. We got to find out a way to quantify the service that we provide so that the people who are you know, balancing the spreadsheets, we'll see that as a number, but it's a number that backs itself up. You got to show them that the return on investment there. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a cost, but we are benefiting, benefiting from it on the, on the back end. All right, cool. Um, all right. So, so Rocco, we'll bring you into this discussion. So you're not falling asleep back there. Uh, so, you know, when you're talking with clients at, at Zentech, right, do, do, does the, the concept of drafting services that people ask us about that a lot, a lot. I know you've had some conversations. I don't know how many. Um, and, and it's it's actually it's a service idea that you know we have toyed with offering, but we've never actually pulled the trigger. I mean, for us, why not? You know, what's what's what 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 are you seeing? Yeah, you know, I think it depends on uh, really depends on the size of the firm. You know, if, if a small to a medium sized firm is more willing to um, to look at a situation like this and, and, and bring, you know, bring someone uh, like Pinnacle in, into the mix. Larger firms, it's just, you, you gotta go through so many layers, you know, of approvals and you gotta have all kinds of insurance and, you know, and this and that. So that's that's my experience. But, you know, we're, we're in, in those small to medium sized firms where you bring in um, a firm like Tony's, it's, it, it can certainly be a huge benefit, you know, but uh, you, you also got to present it right to, to the staff, right? I mean, you're not looking like to replace them, right? You're, you're just looking to bring in some additional help because we, you know, Tony and I were talking before we started recording this today, right? Where's business at today? And, and, and it's certainly up and down, you know, there are weeks where you're crazy busy and then weeks where it's, it's totally slow. So, you know, a, a firm like Tony's, uh, like Pinnacle, can um, certainly help to to bridge that gap when you're not ready to hire, or when you need that that incremental help um, here every now and then. So, you know, there, as far as us, Zentech, and and you know, bring somebody on. I mean, that's uh, or, or bringing on those services uh, directly. It, it is something that we've certainly looked at, but it's you know, you got to be careful, right? You can only be good at so many things and, you know, you got to look at your, your costs and, and, you know, same with us. We have uh, payroll expenses and health insurance expenses and everything else. And so how many, you know, we got to look at how many things can we be good at? <laughs> exactly. And, and who can do it when there are guys out there like Tony and Pinnacle who just specialize in doing that. So why do we want to fight with them? So <laughs> no worries. Yeah, like you said, I mean, you know, like I said, for a lot of, I think things are changing a little bit because, you know, for a long time, right, people were, there were some folks, like we've been saying, who were, who were resistant to this idea, right, because whether it's from expense or from loss of control over their files, um, I think there were a lot of managers who wanted that, 
you know, in-person ability so they could look over people's shoulders and see what they were doing. Um, but honestly, I think, you know, with, with, with current health concerns out here, right, and with so many people who have been forced to go entirely digital and remote, um, I think that, that a lot of those people are seeing that, you know, the modern technology gives them, you know, great levels of, you know, tracking and communication and control. And, and I think there's, there's a big shift in attitude towards this, this thing, not just even in the short term, short term, but I think long term. I think people are going to change the way that they, they work entirely. So, Tony, what, what have you guys seen as a result of, of COVID impacting on the design world? I mean, you get you get you have more conversations with clients who are looking to get, you know, to keep the overhead down, but but still have, you know, work going on. Oh, yeah. Rock and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, too. Um, this environment is actually conducive to this kind of work because, you know, everything's remote. So, um, you know, the communication is is there. So that's not an issue. Um, you know, yeah, you can keep, you know, costs down by helping, you know, an outside source come in and help you out. Um, yeah, I, I really, work-wise, you know, it was sporadic at first, but I think once everybody kind of settled into the environment and figured out how to work remotely, it's it's picked back up again and it's, it's been steady. So it, it's definitely something that can be done remotely. It's, it's this environment is not, you know, totally conducive to it. Um, actually, I have a client I haven't heard from in years. They just showed up. They had a project and they're like, hey, you know, come on back and help us well, out. That's it. That's it. And, yeah. I, and I do think that's the case. I think you're going to see more and more that, you know, people are going to become more. Now that they're comfortable with the technology, it's not a new technology they have to understand. They've kind of been forced yeah. to make that change where, you know, we, we've lived yes. for, for a while now, right? And yeah. they know that, you know, the, the remote secure process and communication is very easy. You know, and, and I think it'll be a definite plus, you know, for, for you guys on the, the, the consulting side there. So, yeah. And just one thing also, I mean, just, you know, obviously we're talking about it, but a big part of this is, is really setting up relationships. Some of our clients, let's go back to that decades world, a word again, we've had clients for decades. They know they're totally happy with having us come in Their Their in-house staff might be reduced because they know, are right, you guys come in and this way we can kind of reduce our in-house staff because you guys are going to help us out with the, with the load. And now we don't have to, you know, have a larger staff that might be not as skilled. We know you guys can come in and take over the overhead. And this goes on for years. And like I said, some clients, you know, they go away and they come back, you know, things ramp up, they get a project. So a lot of this contract drafting is really it's like i said earlier it's a resource and you end up having a relationship with your clients and it when everything's running smoothly it's it's all about hey again we're here to help and you know we come in and do what you need us to do and and it's nothing but a boon on both sides you know we you help us out or we help you out and um, when you don't need our service okay you know that's fine you know we gotta go someplace else most likely so all right, so I think we're going to take a quick break here to uh, listen to today's sponsor. And then when we get back, Tony's going to kind of walk us through the best processes for working with a CAD drafting consultant. All right, folks, we'll be back in just a few minutes with more of the Cattle Call Podcast. Nice. Love the cowbell. <laughs> All right, everybody. 
Today's episode of the Cattle Call podcast is brought to you by Zentech Consultants. That's Rocco and I. We're bringing ourselves to you. Aren't we nice? So we wanted to talk to you guys today about uh, some of the things that we offer at Zentech Consultants. In particular, we wanted to talk to you today about our offerings around developing and upgrading your CAD standards. We are here to help you guys with all of your CAD standard needs from ongoing drafting and design support to block and library development, full CAD standards development, right? CAD version upgrades, really whatever it is that you guys need when it comes to developing, implementing, and tweaking your current CAD standards. Or like I said, if you don't have any yet, we can help you build them from scratch. So Rocco, why don't you tell all the good folks how they can reach out to us and start that conversation? Yeah, there's a lot of information people on our website, zentechconsultants.net. That's Z-E-N-T-E-K, consultants.net. Or you can give us a call, 866-824-4459. Or even drop us an email, sales at zentechconsultants.net. Ooh, nice. CAD standards from Zentech Consultants. You're listening to the Cattle Call Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Cattle Call Podcast. And today, there's my cowbell. Tony was very nice. Bring the cowbell for me. I may have to find a way to steal that from him. I like the cowbell. Yeah, I think you have to add it in. <laughs> there you go. It's perfect. So, yeah, so we're, we're talking with Tony Gaffney from uh, Pinnacle Consulting. And we're talking about working with CAD drafting consultants, right? And I want to start uh, this second segment by talking about how to effectively work with a drafting service like Pinnacle. So, so Tony, let's start with, you know, we talked a little bit about this in the first segment, but, you know, where do you find your clients or, and how do they find you, right? And, and, and where do folks go and what process do our listeners use, right, that you'd recommend for finding the right drafting service for their specific needs? Okay, well, majority, you know, surprisingly enough, is word of mouth. And we mentioned this earlier in the, in the first half that, you know, we've had clients for years, decades, um, and especially we have a lot of environmental clients, and I'll use them as an example. Uh, they're a little incestuous. You know, guys move from one firm to another, and they'll get to the new firm and look at the CAD, you know, situation and go, oh, it's a little lacking. Hey, when I was at this other place, we used this service. Let me give these guys a call. They know what they're doing. Can I bring them in? And um, it's, it's simple. sometimes as simple as that. That's really, you know, word of mouth is how it happens. Otherwise, um, you know, the internet, you know, of course we have, you know, pinacad.com. So that's, that's a, um, a situation there. And, you know, whether someone moves to another firm or not, uh, a client might be talking to one of their uh, subcontractors and they could be complaining about their CAD department or getting work done. They go, hey, you know what? We have this service. You know, you might want to give these guys a call. That happens often. So it's kind of, you know, spreads itself out that way. Just being out there and networking is really pretty much how it gets done. And then as we spoke before, once we get in there and they can see what we can do, most clients are like, oh, okay, this is going to work. And the big part of it for us is like, there's no real overhead as far as, you know, training is concerned. We, you know, we understand a lot of the, you know, what the industry is looking for. If I, if I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm more of a civil guy, but if I, if I have to go to an architectural client, I'm, I'm not lost. I know what, I know what they're looking for. We know, know what it is. We know what the drawings are supposed to look like. We know what their product is. We know where they're headed. And that for them means there's very little training overhead. The biggest for us is like, okay, where are your files? You know, <laughs> yeah. show us where it is and what what are your basic output standards, and 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 we can work from there. Yep. And then your favorite, Jim, 
where are your CAD standards? Do you have a template? And that leads to a whole nother world that, you know, that we can go off on that for decades. And then it's good because then you, then, then you start, you know, you work with the, the staff that's there and you, you get to work with them and get to know them and they can realize that they can lean on us to help solve their problems. And, you know, we once they see that we're problem solvers and now it's, it, it kind of just, it's beneficial. The only thing is we got to find a way to quantify that so that people right, you know, balancing the spreadsheets up above us will see that. And uh, that's the, that's, that's the trick. That's the real trick. Yeah, and like I said, you know, you know it, it, it really helps. I think you know the, the the CAD services. You know, listen, not every company on the planet can afford, you know, a, a, a Tony Gaffney. You know what I mean? Full time, and and we're not always that easy to find, right? They like said that we we all started being you know that guy. Everybody wants the CAD guy, the guy who yeah. knows all the answers, who can do everything, he can do the standards, he can make the drawings get out fast, he can make sure everybody's stuff is good. And it's hard to find those guys, and then they're not cheap as full-time employees. They're guys with a lot of experience, and they require a lot in order to come work for you. And and you know, dealing with with uh, you know a consultant like Pinnacle, right? They get you. So like I said when you're in the door, you can help them with. Every, oh, you have a problem? I can fix that. Oh, that system's not working. Here's why. Oh, you need some yeah. tweaking of the standards? I got you. You know, it, it definitely gives a whole lot more people. That, that super CAD user that they're really looking to find that they haven't been able to find for the last 10 years. So I think there's a, a huge benefit there too. Yeah, and you know, going back to the evil decades word, um, because we've been doing it for so long, you know, Jim, you can attest to this as well. Going back in the early days, it was, it was you said it earlier, it's CAD drafting. But now, and you know, I'll put this question to you, like drafting's kind of, it's, it's kind of gone away. Now it's all design. And I, you know, I'm a big, I'm on civil, so I'm doing civil 3d. That's a design program. And the concept of drafting, it's, it's not really what we knew and called drafting isn't really there. And what I think I'm starting to see now lately is that you have this generation of students, the kids, as I call them coming up, listen, they never ever were on a board. You know, you and I were on a board at some point in time. So they never knew how to draw. And it's one thing you have to, you learn how to draw, then you learn how to draw in CAD, but now CAD has moved up a generation where it's not even drawing in CAD, now we're designing. And we have this generation of kids coming up who don't even know how to draw. So now they're trying to produce drawings without really knowing what a drawing right. is supposed Right, they don't know what the final end product is supposed to be. And and listen, I, I agree with you. That's that's absolutely the way that the world has gone. And and. I think it's a good thing, right? We, in, in essence, we've kind of cut out a lot of the middleman, you know, in that it used to be, you know, the engineer would take a pen and paper and he would sketch out a design and he would hand it to the draft person who would clean it up and present it. You know, there was like this disconnect. There were two different people, one who understood what it said, one who made it look good, you know, and yes. now we've kind of merged those together. But I think mm -hmm. you're, you're absolutely right that there's still a little bit of work to be done in there in that we've lost that. Uh, last person, you know, the, the last hands on it to make it look professional, to make sure it's readable and understandable and buildable and can, you know, the, the person who pre presents that final output so that thing can actually be worked with. Yes. Yeah. And the, the, the analogy I always give, because, uh, you know, my training in classes, I have, you know, the, the students all over the map. I get, you know, engineering students, young kids who don't know how to draw. And then I'll have 
the old architect who's like, okay, okay, I got to learn AutoCAD. I've held off this long. I'm going to come into class and I'm going to learn AutoCAD. Well, it's the classic situation. I'm sure you've seen it yourself. The old guy takes forever to get the drawing done. The young kid bangs it out, but the older guy, his stuff looks so much better because he knows what it's supposed to look like. And if we can find a way to take his knowledge and the young kids synapses and put those two together, <laughs> then we got it. And I, you know, and my answer to that is, is, yeah, my answer to that is internships, you know, but um, that's, it's, that's a paradigm that's been there, not just recently, that's been there for quite a while. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. So, all right. So it kind of, you know, it does underscore, I think, and that, that's where, you know, a guy like you comes in, you know what I mean? Where, right. you know, you've got both ends and, and that's why I said, and that's, that's where, you know, it, it gives you an in-house mentor almost, right? Somebody that you can bring in who is a much higher level designer with an extensive drafting and output understanding, you know, who yes. can actually mentor those younger guys who have the synapses, who, who know the technology and be like, great, dude, you're, you're good. I can help you get through. I can show you how to be even faster, but you still have to make sure that the output is in this format, looks this way. Otherwise it can't be done. Right. So, exactly. yeah, I think that's hugely important. So, so kind of, yeah, you hit nail on the head with that. I mean, a lot of a good portion of the day is, is, you know, showing people how they, you know, listen, you want it to look like this. You want to go this way with it because this is what the engineer is going to want to see. This is what's going to make sense. And it's just fascinating to me that I just seeing this generation of kids coming up who, they, they have no clue of that because they never really ever did any any just straight up drafting like we did coming up. Yeah, because like you said, most of them are coming you know, right out of college as, as engineers and they're like, okay, here's how you do basic CAD. All right, you can just model this and model that and then the computer will give you all the output. Well, you know, computers aren't magic bullets. Wasn't that, doesn't you, you just punch it in and then it just punches out all the stuff? You know, it's the CAD does it. It's going to do it. The program doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's, like a, it's like a magic wand. You just wave CAD at something and, and it's good. Isn't that the way this all goes? <laughs> yeah. So why why do you guys think that they don't teach the, the, the core foundation of drafting in in schools? Yeah, that is um, a great question, and I have never found a good answer. Maybe Tony's got a good answer because that that one boggles well, my mind. It, it depends on the school. Um, I've found some are better at it than others, but I don't think they value it in their curriculum. And what I've found and is that, you know, back again, decades, there were more, you know, voc tech type of schools where you would go and they would have a drafting program where you, you know, you would spend some time on the board and then they would move you to the CAD. And that doesn't exist anymore, as far as I can see. You know, the kids, the engineering students, they go into engineering school and they're learning theory. And then they come out and they, you know, they get into the firm and... <laughs> It's classic. The engineers look at it and go, everything you learn, forget it. This is how we're doing it. And, <laughs> um, and I'm just amazed how they don't teach the software. I, you know, and a lot of times I'm sitting with them, teaching them the software on the job, which is fine. That's part of my job. Uh, but I'm just always amazed by that, that, you know, they didn't, you know, they'll have a class for a semester guys. And you know what happens? The professor throws the book at them and go, all right, here, here's the, here's the CAD book. You know, here's the CAD lab um, projects due at the end of the semester, and they're not really given a lot of direction. And I've, I've sat with fresh new engineering students for a day to go over things, and they come out saying, "I've learned more about CAD in one day than I did it four years in school." And I think I think you're absolutely right. 
Yeah, it's a mystery to me. That's that's one of the reasons I developed the, the civil 3D class at CCM, just to help these kids out, because you you have to know this program if you're going to go work in that field. And as soon as you get into work, you're going to sit down, and the and your the engineer is going to be like, okay, here's the work, productivity. Let's go. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And you can't sit there scratching your head saying, uh, what's an alignment? What's a profile? And and I think you know part of it is is like you said, right? They they teach some schools, and you're absolutely right. There's there are schools who just it's not part of their engineering design program at all. They don't touch on CAT, which is in this day and age ridiculous. Um, but I think that, that there's still a, a shortcoming in that um, even the ones that do they they, they teach CAD as a as, as a functional process. In other words, you draw a line, connect line, d- done. You know, and, and there's more to it than that. I, I think, and, and where it really confuses me, where and, and I don't understand why, is in the architectural field in particular. Listen, mm. you know, we're, we're both civil guys, right? We know civil engineers put words on page, build it, push dirt, move on. They, you know, they, they are as basic as basic gets. They don't want to play with fancy output. Architects no. aren't like that, right? In an architectural program, students go through, they're required to take art classes and hand lettering yes. classes and visualization classes and graphics classes. None of them focus on CAD output. It's like, hey, great, it's great. You're telling them how to do renderings and presentations, which are important. I get it. But the day-to-day operational output, they completely ignore. There is a skill set. Listen, like you said, you you and I both started on a board, and I used to work with some old-school hand drafters. You know, these are guys oh, yeah. who were in their 70s when I was, you know, 18. What they turned out by hand as, as construction oh. documents was artwork. Oh, my God, Jim. No, it's I've had old guys, architects, and um, and they come in with stuff they drew by hand, and I and I, can I have that, please? Can I have that? It's a work of art, and I use it in the classes to show people. Look, this is what we used to do, and and some of it is just fantastic what these guys can do with the pencil. It's just it's and it's gone. It's a lost art. It's 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 terrible because some of it's just nice. It's absolutely amazing to see. And, and I also think that there's, you know, because there's some people out there are sure listening, well, you know, it's nice, yeah, but I ain't got time. I'm not paying somebody for artwork. I need things done. And you're right. I get that. But it was not only artwork. It was incredibly efficient. Everything mm. you needed to construct was right there, neatly, intelligently, cleanly laid out and organized. You know, it, it, it was so, it was just a better product. And I think that, that we are definitely missing on that in, in the CAD world yeah. today. Yeah. No, you, you make a really good point with the, you know, with today's, I mean, architecture, let's stay with what you're talking about. Well, you know, what's big now? Revit. Revit's not a 2D program, but a lot of architectural plans are what? They're 2D. It's still a piece of paper. And sometimes, sometimes Autodesk, sorry, but sometimes the 2D is all we need and that's what gets the job done. And all the fancy bells and whistles with your 3D, that's great. But what we need and the finished product that these people need is, is straight up a 2D drafting. And um, that is something that I think needs to not be overlooked. No, it can't. It's, it's vital. Until the day comes, right? Because at the end of the day, to build it in the field, whether it's a civil job or an architectural job or anything, you're going to have pieces of paper. Until like, Rocco and I have had this conversation a lot, right? So the 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 dream is when they come up with the uh, the, uh, the 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 thirty six by forty eight flat monitor that you can roll up and stick in the back of your truck and not have it be destroyed in the rain. Then maybe we'll go entirely digital and we can use the three D models. And until then, pieces of paper. <laughs> 
Yeah, so 2D is still vital. So, all right. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice though? I, I, I'm telling you, man, the guys who invent that are going to own the world. So, they, Google's on it already, I'm sure. So, all right. So, yeah, like we said, you know, there, there are lots of, of you know, kind of, you know, go, go back here onto our main topic. Uh, there are a lot of services out there and then plenty of places to find them on the web. Um, but I also think a big thing, Tony, is, is, is you know, when you're looking for someone, you know, like Pinnacle or whoever it is, you've got to find someone who understands the type of design work that you do. You know what I mean? Um, you're not going to throw yes. an architectural guy on a civil job. I mean, like I said, a guy like you with decades of experience, you've got a, you know, a very broad base of knowledge. Not always the case, right? Um, you know, so I, I think you've got to find a reliable company with solid experience uh, in your particular field. All right. So, you know, like I said, Tony, as you said, you know, how do you show folks that you are the right contractor for their type of work? Right. How do you convince them that you're going to get the product needed at a fair price and in a reasonable amount of time when they've never worked with you before? And I know we talked a little bit about this already, but I, I just want to, you know, convincing them that, hey, you got a civil job or an environmental job. I'm the guy. I'm the right guy. Well, we have, you know, we're, we're a small firm ourselves, so we have a handful of people and some people are better suited to architecture. So we'll send that person to the architectural client. And then some people are better to civil, which is me. So I'll, I'll be going to the civil client. So we, we kind of spread it out that way. So we, you know, people, we play to the strengths of the staff. Um, and I, I have to admit just, you know, having been in it forever and worked in different fields, it's pretty much as soon as you get in, you 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 start to get an idea of um, what they want things to look like and how they want things to go. Uh, being very you know efficient at the software also helps out as far as that's concerned. So you know a big part of it is listening to the client and and this and this, and this is also part of it, you know because I'm coming in to help. I have no agenda. I'm not your employee. So I'm listening to you and I want to do things the way you want them to be done because that's the job. Whereas an employee situation, it might be a little bit different. Um, as an example, you might have uh, one employee moving from one firm to another firm. Well, that's not the way we did it in my firm. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. That's an issue. It doesn't happen with us in contract. You know, we're here. We're, it's your bus. We're helping you get where you need to go. We're not going to fight you on it. You know, even if I don't think you're what you want to do is the way to go, but Hey, it's your show. We were going to work with you. Um, it's not, you're not going to get any pushback. Yeah. You're providing a service as opposed to, you know, people who are in-house or, or sometimes angling for promotions or they want the recognition or they're trying to, you know, yeah. undercut yeah. the guy who they think isn't, shouldn't be their boss. You know, there's all kinds of internal politics when you're dealing with, with people. In oh, none of that. Yeah. All that is gone. And that's a positive. Just like, Hey, we're here. Let's get to work. You know, we can't waste any time. We're not going to sit there on the internet and, you know, go to our fantasy league. It, it's, it doesn't happen. It can't happen. You know, we're here. Every minute counts. Um, the clock is ticking. Um, let's, let's just get to work because the, the sooner we can help you out and get stuff done, the better it is for you, the better it is for us. Yeah, because you can move on to other jobs too, right? You got other clients. That's it. And I think that's the part that that you know people sometimes get scared about, like, oh, this guy's just going to drag out the job and gouge me. Man, listen, you know, guys like Tony. I've seen, you know, I've worked with Tony in the past, right? We 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 work clients together, and he come he gets on a job, he hits the job, and he wants to get your work done as quickly as he can because he's got three other clients who are like, look, I need you here tomorrow morning, and he's like, yeah, 
no problem, you know? So yeah, he's not, they're not looking to drag that out on you. They were looking to get in, get out, get the job done as, as, as quickly and as efficiently as they can. So they leave you with a great product. So you bring them back for the next project. That, yeah. That's the mindset. So, so Rocco, you, you've been sitting quietly for a while. So let, let, let this, what do you think, right? Do you, do you think, and we talked a little bit about, you know, uh, the, the digital change that we've seen. Do you think that people are more likely nowadays? Uh, do you think it's easier to bring people like Tony on? Do you think it's easier now to land work for this, this type of contracting with our client base? Yeah, I, I think in some ways it is, it is easier. Um, I, I mean, look, uh, like, like us, we're based in New Jersey, uh, Pinnacle's based in New Jersey. I mean, with the technology, you can, you know, Tony can work with, with a customer in California. Um, so it, the, the technology usage deployment has only made things um, easier for, for, for sure. You know, but a, a big thing is is building that relationship, you know, um, working with people that you're comfortable with, working with people that you know and that you can you can trust. And it, it, it takes a, a while to to get there. You know, um, it's not one of those things where you just, oh, you just Google somebody and let me just try working with them, you know. And you can, but it, it means a lot when you have built a relationship with uh, with a firm like Pinnacle, that's for sure. No doubt. And I think that's true of any industry. I mean, we, we do that too, you know, on, on, on the, the tech and the consulting, you know, the work that we do. Uh, you know, we, we, you get repeat clients. You get people who are just like, hey, you did a great job. We just want to work with you. And that, that's the ideal situation for any business to be in. So, all right. So, so Tony, let's, 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 let's take a, a couple of minutes here and let's get into the actual practical process, right? So, you know, you, you landed the client, right? We, we talked about how to get the client. So you landed the client, he's got a job. Um, what, what, what's the process, right? You know, how are you going to price out a project? Um, and, and what tools or what processes do people need to have in place, right? In order to work back and forth and, and to ensure that you're meeting the client's needs. Well, pricing wise, it's uh, usually we come with a contract and we, you know, usually it, it's uh, most cases we agree to the hourly rate is usually how it's done that, you know, it, it varies. Sometimes, though, it's just a project and they want to have a, an overhead number, a final number. And so, you know, you go back and forth on that. So that number will vary. Coming into the job, you, you know, you come to the office or now, I guess, you know, remotely, you um, you need to. It's best, most situations, if you can, the client will set you up as a user on their network so that you can, you know, access their network and their files and it's their stuff, it's their work. It, it just works out better that way, especially, you know, as you know, from AutoCAD with, you know, X references and things of that nature. Um, so if that can be done, that's great. So we, in essence, we just become another node. We can become like another employee, really. Um, much less overhead, but we're just like another employee. And then once the working mechanism, the working world, the, you know, the engineers know, okay, this guy's coming in, give him your work. So they start giving you the work. It could be red lines. It could be, can you help me with this, uh, you know, design of a surface or we're doing some pipe network stuff here in civil 3d. Can you help us put these pipes together? And a lot of it is, all right, you know, I'll start working and do what you need and then give it back to you and you check it. And I'm, listen, I'm not an engineer. So I, I tell them straight up, I can lay out the pipes, but don't get on my case. If the water flows uphill, um, you're going to have to check it, but I can do all the editing and, you know, manage the, the CAD and, and manage the program, manage the files for you. 
And then once you start working with them and, and you start to get comfortable with each other, then, then it just falls into place and you really do become like another employee there. And, um, and the, and you just start, and the work just goes like, like anything else. So actually, yeah, I was a little bit surprised by your answer. I kind of expected you to tell me that you were, you know, at least at first, when you're first starting with people, you were doing kind of fixed fee or price not to exceed kind of structures. Um, so, so you do most of it, and, and I can see, like you said, you know, once somebody knows you and they 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 trust you, they know your work ethic. Um, yeah, definitely, hourly seems to be the the, the most effective thing. You're just like, look, we'll just feed you work till the work is done, and we'll pay you whatever the hours are. Um, so, but but even with that, right? How do you how do you um, how do you handle that? I mean, especially when you're not on site, you know, do, do you have, you know, how do you show people that you're being effective and working during those hours or, or is it just a purely a trust thing? I mean, do you have like, like work time tracking tools or regular meetings or just let the work speak for itself? No, Jim, strictly it's productivity. Someone throws something at you and if you throw it back at them quick and it's done. And actually I've found what's the best is, 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 you know, not, you know, I'm not talking about do it really quick, quality. If you can get it back to them in a timely manner that is done, you know, in such a way that, oh my God, there's, I have a, only a few minor revisions. This is great. Here's some, here's the fine, because there's always revisions. Here's the, here's the revisions. So if I can get it back to the client and they come back at me with, you know, with two, like maybe two or three rounds of revisions, that's it. That sells it that's you, you're you know you it's great you're done you've done the work you've sold yourself they're happy because they got the thing done quickly and they got it done efficiently and that is that's it you that's the best selling point that cements everything so it's the quicker you can get a quality production back to them that answers all the questions this guy we hired man these guys come in and they just knocked it out of the park I know it, it sounds almost too simple. Yeah, but, but that that's how the world should work. And I don't know why it doesn't. Right. But it just seems to me. And, and, and if whatever the, the, the thing is you're doing, I don't care if you're fixing TVs or cars or, or, or you're a drafting consultant, do a good job, do it in a timely manner. And that's all anybody is interested in. It's like, look, you did what you said you were going to do in the time you said you were going to do it. We're happy. <laughs> it's a pretty simple equation. <laughs> no, you, you you hit the nail on the head. Think about it. You, your analogy was great. You have like Trisha come over to fix something in the house. He comes in and does a good job and it efficiently and, you know, you know, and if, all right, maybe he's going to charge a little more. You know, we all know it. If, if this guy's going to come in and get it done quickly and done it right in quality, I will pay extra for the quality. Right. Exactly. Right. They're, they're, you know, uh, other than, and like I said, and I think that's where, you know, I think a, a lot of things that derail to go back to what we were saying earlier, right. Are going to those digital sweatshops, you know, yeah. where things are, you know, we can turn your drafting around in two hours and people are like, Oh, two hours. That's great. Yeah. They did it in two hours. And then you had to spend 30 hours fixing it, you know, versus, you know, someone like you would say, Hey, yeah, you hear it all the time. Oh, they're quick, but uh, they're, you know, they're not very accurate. You know, yeah. I can have an electrician come in and, and, and fix my light in, in seven minutes. But if the light only works one hour a day, what did I really gain? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's you know, you got to kind of balance that. So. All right. So, Tony, one last question before we kind of wrap it up here. So sure. from this conversation, right, what's what's the big thing that, that you'd like the listeners to, to kind of take away from today? You know, what misconception or fear or process do you want them to kind of put aside 
that gets in the way of, of effectively using services like Pinnacle. Well, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's just you got to recognize the the value of it, um, knowing that it's you know, I I would say you know talk to your end users because they'll show you from a ground like where the you know where the rubber hits the road. They're going to show you where the value is. Don't look at it as just a number on a spreadsheet. It's like here's another expense. What you know, go and look and see what you know a service like ours is doing for you, and you might be surprised. Um, I remember, you know, this goes years back. I was helping out a client, and you know, the owner was getting because I was there. They had nothing, Jim. I was start, they were switching over to Civil 3D. They had nothing. I had to build everything for them. You know what I'm talking about. So I was there for at least a month. I think it was longer. You know, just because we were doing so much stuff. And the owner was getting a little, all right, well, why is this guy still here? Because he's looking at me and he's seeing dollar signs float out the window. And uh, the the the, uh, the CAD person, I was the lead CAD guy of the company was there. And he goes, that guy's worth his weight in gold. What are you crazy? We're doing so much. And so that, if you if we can get, uh, you know, the clients to see that, that that's what's key about using this kind of service. Yeah, that's it. P- people need to start looking at it in, like I said earlier, right? It's, it, it's a, it, you got to look at the ROI. What's the return on investment? Yes, there's a cost, but you're, you're laying out a cost because it's going to generate substantially more profit. Yep. And go back, go back to your analogy with the electrician. You're going to pay more for a good, you know, a good plumber. You're going to pay more for a good electrician, you know? Yeah, but it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And you keep that kind of mindset and you should be good. And this, this, this is a great system. It works out well for people, particularly in the modern digital age. So, all right. So I think with that, we can uh, wrap this up by saying that, you know, CAD drafting services are, you know, back in vogue. Uh, you know, they're much more reliable. And, and, and with the new digital environment, they may be your design firm's new best friend. All right. So yeah. think about that. So I want to thank Tony. For being with us today, I appreciate you being here, Tony. I really hope that you come back again. It was a great conversation oh, I'll today. Come back. Yeah, you, yeah. Come on, you guys, I'll come back definitely. You know, it's good. It's it, this is actually a much longer podcast than we usually do. Like I said, you love it when you get someone I can just kind of ramble on with. <laughs> well, it's good. I, you know, I haven't talked to you guys in a long time, so it's good to catch up. Good deal. Good deal. All right, Rocco. Anything you want to throw in before we bounce out of here? No, no. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for your time, buddy. All right, Rocco, good to hear you. Excellent, folks. All right, everybody, we are out, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Cavalcall Podcast. <laughs> Later. All right, everybody, today's Cattle Call was brought to you courtesy of Zentech Consultants. That's Rocco and I. Uh, Zentech Consultants works with design and manufacturing firms to help our clients purchase and implement the software that they need in these complex industries. Uh, We provide a single point of contact for clients to buy, develop, and learn the most vital software systems for your specific needs. Uh, Zentech strives to be your trusted technology partner from your initial needs all the way through long-term support and training for your entire staff. So Rocco, why don't you tell them how to reach out to Zentech? All right, yeah, you can reach out to us through zentechconsultants.net. You can email us at sales at zentechconsultants.net. Or you could even call us, 866-824-4459. Excellent. We look forward to hearing from you all.